Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, the Tony Awards were held Sunday night and it was a Trey Gay affair. The Trump administration is rejecting requests from U.S. embassies around the world to fly pride flags during Pride Month. A restaurant in Missouri canceled a wedding rehearsal dinner reservation after finding out that the couple were of the same sex. And out artist Roses drops her new single, Call Me, in time for Pride Month. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. The theater world celebrated the best of this year's Broadway season at the 73rd Annual Tony Awards Sunday night. And the festivities were, no surprise, Trey Gay. At one point in the telecast, presenter Ben Platt told the viewing audience, for anyone at home who is a latecomer who is just now tuning in, yes, these are the Tony Awards and you are, in fact, gay. The evening began with Poe's star and Tony Award winner, Billy Porter, once again slaying on the red carpet, wearing a red and pink Celestino couture design in front of a pride-inspired floral background. The dress was fashioned from the actual show curtain that hung at the Al Hirschfeld Theater, where Porter earned his Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical in Kinky Boots. Porter, who presented during the ceremony, was also called on by host James Corden to entertain during a commercial break. Choosing from a list of songs to sing, Porter chose, what else? Everything's Coming Up Roses from Gypsy. Just to give a sense of what happens while all of us regular folks at home are watching commercials, take a listen. In the house, Billy Porter, stand up Billy, come on. Come on Billy, come on Billy. Wow, whatever you want. Now take this microphone. Hang on, yeah, take this and then... Oh, shit. So have a look. I mean, shoot. It's all right, we're on TV now. Oh, right, okay. Ah, fuck. What do you, uh, what do you think? What are you going to go for? Um, what did she say? Ignore that. Make your own choice. Um, I guess I'll do... Cutting up! Light the lights! Which one? Wait, I don't know which one you're doing. Number one or two. Everything's coming up, roses. By Gentle from Gypsy, which is number one. Okay. I hope it's in the right key. I had a dream. It's gonna come true, baby. It's gonna come true, baby. They. No one to look at you. <laughs> oh, you're changing the key?
to the awards that were handed out at the Tony Awards, perhaps the biggest gay victory was the acclaimed revival of the iconic 1968 play The Boys in the Band, snatching up the award for Best Revival of a Play. The limited-run production had an all-star cast that included Jim Parsons, Matt Bomer, Zachary Quinto, Andrew Reynolds, Charlie Carver, Robin DeJesus, who was also nominated for his performance in the play, Michael Benjamin Washington, Brian Hutchison, and Tuck Watkins. The win makes 83-year-old Mort Crowley the oldest playwright to win the award. Openly bisexual Ali Stroker took home the Tony for Best Featured Actress in a Musical for her scene-stealing take as Ada Annie in the new revival of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma. The Glee Project alum becomes the first person in a wheelchair to win a Tony Award. In her acceptance speech, she told the audience, This award is for every kid who is watching tonight who has a disability, who has a limitation or a challenge, who has been waiting to see themselves represented in this arena. You are. She later joined her castmates in a performance from the reimagined take on the classic musical, which went on to win the award for Best Revival of a Musical. The LGBTQ-themed musical The Prom, about a high school senior whose prom is canceled after she's told she can't bring her girlfriend, was nominated in several categories but didn't win any. However, the cast did perform during the show and ended with a same-sex lip-lock between female leads Isabel McCalla and Caitlin Knunen. The Cher Show, based on the life and career of the Oscar-winning superstar, saw gay fashion designer Bob Mackie win his first Tony Award at the age of 80 for his brilliant costume designs. And Stephanie J. Block, one of the three actresses who play Cher during the production, won the Best Actress in a Musical honor for her performance. Other openly gay artists honored for their work included much-beloved Broadway veteran Andre DeShields, one of the original cast members of Ain't Misbehavin', won his first Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical for Town. In his acceptance speech, Shields offered this wisdom for success in life. Three things. Surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Slowly is the fastest way to get where you want to be. And... The top of one mountain is the bottom of the next, so keep climbing. Also taking home a trophy was choreographer Sergio Trujillo, who won Best Choreography for Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations. And legendary playwright Terrence McNally, whose body of work includes plays such as Love, Valor, Compassion, Kiss of the Spider Woman, and The Ritz, all LGBTQ-themed, was honored for Lifetime Achievement in the Theater. And while they didn't win, non-binary playwright Taylor Mack introduced their play, Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus, wearing a wildly creative design. LGBT ally and two-time Tony Award winner Judith Light received the Isabel Stevenson Award for her tireless advocacy on behalf of the LGBTQ community and the fight against AIDS. At the end of the evening, Hades Town, a contemporary take on ancient Greek myth, one Best Musical, and The Ferryman, the story of a family of a former IRA activist living in rural Northern Ireland, took home the trophy for Best Play. A complete list of winners can be found on, where else, therandyreport.com. NBC News reports that the Trump administration is rejecting requests from U.S. embassies to fly the rainbow pride flag on embassy flagpoles during Pride Month. 
The U.S. embassies in Israel, Germany, Brazil, and Latvia are among those that have requested permission from Trump's State Department to fly the pride flag on their flagpoles and have been denied. Although the pride flag can and is being flown elsewhere on embassy grounds, including inside embassies and on exterior walls, the decision not to allow it on the official flagpole stands in contrast to Donald Trump's claim to be a leader in support of LGBTQ rights overseas. Trump's administration has announced a campaign to decriminalize homosexuality overseas and this month issued a tweet and formal statement to celebrate LGBT Pride Month and recognize the outstanding contributions LGBT people have made. But... The denials to U.S. embassies have come from the office of the State Department's Undersecretary for Management, Brian Bulatow, a longtime associate of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who also worked for him at the CIA. Under State Department policy, embassies that want to fly the flag on their flagpoles are expected to obtain permission from Washington. There's irony in that one of the embassies being told no is in Germany. Donald Trump's ambassador to Germany, openly gay Richard Grinnell, is supposedly leading the international campaign to end the criminalization of homosexuality around the world. Homophobe Franklin Graham celebrated the news by writing on his social media, I want to thank President Donald J. Trump and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo for making the decision not to fly the gay flag over our embassies during June in recognition of Gay Pride Month. That is the right decision. The only flag that should fly over our embassies is the flag of the United States of America. The gay pride flag is offensive to Christians and millions of people of other faiths, not only in this country but around the world. It's notable that the Obama administration had no problem allowing pride flags to be flown during Pride Month. A gun scare in Washington, D.C.'s DuPont Circle Saturday night brought D.C.'s annual Capitol Pride Parade to an abrupt end and sent hundreds of spectators fleeing in panic. The stampede appears to have been caused by a man who told police he pointed a BB gun at another individual who was assaulting his female significant other, according to a police report. The story begins with a concerned citizen who flagged down police to point out a man with what looked to be a gun. That's when officers approached 38-year-old Aftabich Singe and conducted a stop. The officers saw what appeared to be the body and trigger of a silver handgun in Singe's bag. It turned out to be a BB gun. Singe admitted to pulling the gun on another man who he claimed hit on his significant other. He was arrested and charged with possession of a prohibited weapon, possession of a BB gun, carrying a dangerous weapon outside the home or place of business, and disorderly conduct causing unreasonable fear. His girlfriend, Melissa Duffy, 43 years old, was also charged for assaulting a police officer after she became irate over her boyfriend being arrested. When the crowd reacted to Singe pulling the gun, hundreds of Pride attendees went running. Police report at least seven people were hospitalized for minor injuries. Police didn't confirm any gunshots fired, although several people reported they heard what sounded like popping sounds. Tom Rusi, a reporter for the local ABC affiliate, tweeted that police believed the crashing sound of the barricades being knocked down by frightened spectators was the cause of the sounds. A same-sex couple in Missouri were surprised when the restaurant they had booked for their wedding rehearsal dinner 
canceled the reservation upon learning their sexual orientation. Kendall Brown and Mindy Rackley are getting married on June 15th and had planned on holding their rehearsal dinner on June 13th at Madison's Cafe. Newsweek reports that the couple chose the restaurant because it had been Rackley's father's favorite place to dine before he passed away two and a half years ago. Holding the dinner there prior to their union was meant as a way to honor his memory. Brown's mother made the reservation on Monday last week, but the next day Brown received a call from the cafe asking for more information. Her first question was, what's your groom's name, explained Brown. I said, I'm marrying a woman, actually, and her name is Mindy. From the other end of the call came the question, your spouse is another woman? Brown told the woman yes, and with that, the woman at the restaurant told Brown, we're going to have to refer you to someone else for your dinner because we don't condone that kind of relationship. She added, out of love for you, we're going to have to decline your business because we believe you're in an unhealthy relationship. Brown immediately called her fiancé in tears. Rackley told Newsweek the conversation saddened her. She said, I just can't believe that this is still happening and that we get treated differently because of who we love. Who we love doesn't change who we are, and I don't know, it just saddens me. Now, I should note that Missouri does not prohibit discrimination in public accommodations based on sexual orientation and gender identity. In other words, it's legal to discriminate against LGBTQ people in the Show Me State. Local news station KMOV reached out to Madison's Cafe for their side of the story. Let's be fair. According to the news station, a woman at the restaurant acknowledged the couple's situation, but did not want to comment. After the couple's story went viral on social media, several local restaurants reached out and they booked another establishment for their dinner. Brown told Newsweek she understands that the owners of Madison's Cafe are entitled to their beliefs, but they shared their story on social media because they want other people to be aware so that they don't have to feel the way we felt. She added, in this day and age, this is just not okay. As we celebrate our strength and resilience of not just surviving, but thriving as a community during Pride Month, it's also important to remember even the strongest among us might need a word of support. Out singer-songwriter Roses drops her new single, Call Me, a soulful solo piano anthem with a heartfelt hook. As the lyrics go, just know that you can call me and I'll always be there. With over 1 billion plus streams, Roses has been praised by folks at Entertainment Weekly, Pitchfork, Paper Mag, and Marie Claire, and clocked appearances on Conan, Good Morning America, and more. Known for her recent single, Halfway There, the official anthem of the 2019 Women's March, the Philadelphia artist intentionally worked with an all-female team to produce the new track. The song sounds the alarm in support of mental health, an important topic close to the talented artist who says our mental health is not a burden. In a press release, she shared, I think it's important that we do not underestimate the power of a phone call. The courage to reach out can change a life, and maybe it's your own. It's honest about mental health and offering a hopeful hand to those in the thick of it. Sensitive, passionate, and candidly emotional, Call Me falls right in the sweet spot for the multi-platinum artist. Call Me is available now on all digital platforms. 
And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'm going to close with Rose's soulful new track, Call Me. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. I get how you lay in bed all day. I used to be the same way. Remember how I used to be. All alone, by myself, only me. I'ma say it here because I need you to know. I've been there before, I've tried to face it alone. Your mind is not a game you gotta play on your own. Uh own. Just know that you could call me, and I'll always be there. Just know that you can call me. Don't leave it to your prayers. Don't keep it to yourself when you know I would help. Pretending you're in heaven when I know it's hell. Just know that you could call me. Just know that you could call me. Face it alone. Your mind is not a game you gotta play on your own. own. Just know that you can call me. Times I'll be there when you need me. Yeah. Just know that.